Hello and welcome to Michelle Donatian Ministries, where Jesus is everything. Today's podcast is Sunday, January the 12th. It is the Sunday morning meeting, and I'm going to be sharing it with you today. So we're going to be listening along, and it sounds like it's in two parts because the actual recording or the video, which you can watch on my YouTube page, Michelle Donatian Ministries, or you can go to my Facebook page and I'll be putting it there as well. I'll post a link there and on Instagram and Twitter, you can follow along and watch it. But the video is in two parts. You get a chance to hear it all in one broadcast. So I want to thank you so much for listening in and God bless you. Every Sunday we'll be sharing the Sunday morning meeting. Hallelujah. Today we're going to be talking about the Beatitudes. We're going to be in the book of Matthew, and we're in chapter 5. The Lord is so mighty, and he's so wonderful, and it's so glorious to hear what he has to say about his word. He is in his word, I should even say, because in his word, everything there's everything that we need, everything that we need to live, everything that we need for life, everything that we need for uh, prosperity, and everything that we need is in the Word of God. He'll teach us in His Word if we'll just take the time to read His Word. Jesus was so mighty as He walked on the earth, and He taught the people so many beautiful things. We're going to be reading about what He preached on the Sermon on the Mount. Some call it the Sermon on the Mount, others call it the Beatitudes, Um, but you know what we're talking about here. God is faithful. And as I just come before the Lord, I'm going to just, we're going to open up in prayer and then we're going to move on and get started in the word of God. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord God, for what you have to say here today. We thank you, Lord God. Let's stand before the Lord. We thank you, Lord God, because you are glorious, you are mighty, you are holy, you are wonderful, you are mighty and glorious. We love and honor you. We give you this time right here. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to not only fill us afresh again, Lord God, but to fill this place continually. Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, give each one eyes to see and ears to hear what you have to say in Jesus' precious name. And all God's people said, Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, today is wonderful, and we are going to listen to the Word of God. God is so mighty. He's always teaching us. And if you read in the Word of God, you saw that Jesus was always teaching the disciples. The disciples learned as he went They learned that they were to lay down their lives. It was difficult for some of them to understand that they were supposed to lay down their lives. They would often say, what do you mean? I don't understand. But you see, we know now today that if we're to live the Christian life, we must lay our lives down. We must put down our lives, meaning our own desires and our own plans and our own things that we want to do and pick up our cross, take up our cross daily. We've got to learn that we want to follow Jesus Christ. We must follow him if we want to be his disciple. The only way to follow him is to read his word and to know what his word has to say, to stop and talk to him, to hear what he's saying about his word to us, to meditate on his word, to let it transform our lives, let it transform our hearts, because that's what he'll do if we'll allow him to. His word is very clear if you want to listen, if you want to hear what he has to say. And of course, the Bible says that you won't understand unless the Holy Spirit reveals it to you. And we pray and we ask the Holy Spirit to reveal it to us, and he will. He will. The word of God is so faithful. 
So as I've read the word of God and I've seen the things that God has done in my own life, I've watched him change me as I read the word. It's amazing. As I read the word, as I take up my cross and I follow after Jesus Christ, I've seen him do great and mighty things. I've seen him do things that I just had no idea he would do. I've thought to myself, this can't be the Lord. Oh my gosh, yes, it really is. Or I've thought to myself, my gosh, is this what God is really doing? Or I've thought to myself, wow, did he really just do this? Because as we're obedient to him, we follow him, he will fight our battles. He is the one who's going to fight our battles for us. We don't have to fight them. We just need to rest in him. And that's something that is so important. And I think for many people, it's really very difficult to rest in the Lord. It's been hard for me to rest. You know, growing up, I didn't know how to rest. Growing up, I always worked. And not that working is a bad thing, but not understanding how to rest in Jesus is something that's very, very scary, actually. We know when we listen to the Word of God, we read the Word of God, and we read about Mary and Martha. We read where Mary... Uh, was sitting at Jesus' feet, resting at his feet, listening to his word, taking in every word, meditating on his word, while Martha was busy getting things ready for the very Jesus that was right there. She missed the whole point. She missed the point. The point was that Jesus was coming so that she may spend time with him. He wanted to spend time with him. He wanted to commune with them. It wasn't about how beautiful the house looked or did her hair look cute today and was she wearing the hat just the right turn and you know what I'm saying. I don't have to go down the whole list and it may not be your clothes for you and your outfit for you, but it's something. There's something that you're saying, I've got to get this thing right before I can sit down and spend time with Jesus. But the thing is, when you sit down and spend time with Jesus, when you do that, the product will be that you can get this thing right. You see, people used to say, and I've heard it said, and maybe you said it yourself, I don't know. I never said this, but others have said it. I wanna get myself right and cleaned up before I come to the Lord. I haven't heard that in a long, 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 long time, but I used to hear it a lot. And, and, and I, I imagine people are still saying it. I want to get myself right before I come to the Lord. I don't want to come to the Lord in any old way. That's what I've heard people say. I don't want to come to the Lord in any type of way. But you missed the point. He just wants you. He'll clean you up. He will dust everything off. He will take all that junk out of your heart and out of your life. Because in order for you to get cleaned up, you've got to come to him first, sit at his feet. That's where the cleaning takes place. There is no work that you can do that is mightier than what God can do. There's no work that you can do that will equal or surpass what God can do in your life if you'll allow him to. There's none. All the work that I did my whole life did not do anything that God did. None of it. Absolutely none of it. All the work that I thought I did, all of the accomplishments that I thought I made, and I say I thought because they were nothing compared to what God says. Absolutely nothing. Where are they today? And what will they do for me in eternity? In eternity, can I bring awards and plaques and, and honorable mentions? And, and no, I can't bring those things with me. Those things don't matter. Those things don't matter unless Jesus had something to do with it. When Jesus had something to do with it, then that means it's a praise report about who he is. Remember when God came and he visited Abraham and Sarah on the plains of Mamre, and he said, is anything too hard for God? 
That's what he asked. Is anything too hard for God? I ask you the same question. Is anything too hard for God? No, nothing is too hard for him. He can take your life and clean it up, but you've got to take a moment and you've got to sit down at his feet. The thing that we need to remember is that if we will read his word and we will take his word in and meditate on his word, that's sitting at his feet. When we take his word in, it's going to birth prayer in us. Prayer is communing with him. And we're going to be talking to him about things that he wants to talk to us about. See, it doesn't just end when you stop and you sit down and you pray and you say some things and then that's it. You close your Bible and you get up and go. That's not how it really works. Yes, you know, that's better than nothing. It really is better than nothing. The Lord knows I've prayed like that for many, 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 many years. But you see, he wants to say more. He has a whole lot more that he wants to do. And what he wants to do is he wants to tell you some things. He doesn't need to know what you, what's going on in your life. He doesn't need to know, not that he doesn't want you to tell him, because he wants you to tell him. He does say that. You need to ask and you need to pray. But that's not about now he knows. That's a spiritual principle. When you ask, it's because he's given us dominion and he'll answer because that's what he promised. But he already knows what you need. The Bible says that he has need, he, has, he, he, has, he knows what you need before you even know about it, before you've even asked him about it. He already knows. So it's not like you're telling him something new. The reason that he wants us to talk to him is because he wants to commune with us. He wants relationship with us. Do you remember what his word said? That as he created us, he created us for his glory. He created us that we would glorify him. He loved us enough that he wanted to spend time with us and have time and commune with us. That's what it's all about. And the Lord wants us to say the same thing to all the other people that we encounter so that they may have the same thing in their own life. It's not about being perfect. It's about relationship, friends. It's all about relationship. Mary had it right. Jesus said it. Mary has this thing right. Martha missed it. Are you walking around as a Martha today? Are you walking around missing the mark, missing the point, and doing everything that you can to clean yourself up and clean things up and get your family cleaned up and, and help them to do this when you're missing the point? The point is you need to sit at Jesus' feet and let him do it. All the talking I can do does not do anything besides praying I can do. When I pray, I watch God work miraculously. When I talk, sometimes it makes it worse. That's just to be honest truth with you. When I talk and I try to figure things out on my own, oftentimes it makes it worse. Have you ever been there? Can I get an amen? Come on. Sometimes it makes it worse. I venture to say probably most of the time. Because if we're doing it in our own flesh... There's nothing good that's going to come out of that. Absolutely nothing good's going to come out of you doing something in your flesh. The Bible says that the flesh is at enmity with your spirit. It's always at enmity with your spirit. So that means what your flesh wants is always going to be the opposite of what the Holy Spirit wants for you. 
That's always going to be the opposite. If you recognize that, then you're going to be able to stop and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on a second. This is not from God. This is not what God wants. But then the most important part is that as you sit at his feet and read his word, you sit at his feet, you read his word, you spend time with him, then you're going to know what he has to say. Instead of wondering, what does God's will for my life? The Bible says that he tells us. The Bible says that we'll know his will. The Bible says it's in his word, everything that we need. So let's go to the book of Matthew chapter 5. In the book of chapter of Matthew chapter 5, it says in verse 1, And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain. And when he set his disciples, came, when he, and was set, let me start that over. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain. And when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit means, it doesn't mean what many of us have thought it meant. I used to think that meant blessed are the poor in spirit, meaning like the poor, okay? Because I kind of stopped there at the poor. And a lot of us have. Do not misunderstand. A lot of us have misunderstood things in the word of God. I'll tell you, when I was younger, before I was even saved, I used to think that not being equally yoked had to do with not having an interracial relationship. That's absolute ludicrousness. That's what it is. But that just shows you how your own thinking is not what God wants. He wants the Holy Spirit to reveal these things to you. So as I thought, and I mean, I, ta I told people this, I was not even saved. That's how ridiculous it was. That's how ridiculous that really was. But I used to say, well, even the Bible says that uh, interracial relationships are not right. Even the Bible says so. So it must be wrong. No, the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible doesn't say anything about that. You look around in the Bible and you're going to see a whole lot of interracial relationships or whatever you call them. You call them, I don't know what you call them, but multiracial relationships. If you look in the Bible, you're going to see all kinds of people marrying people from different places, races, because God doesn't care about the color of your skin. He never even taught about the color of our skin. He taught about loving others regardless of it. He talked about why it was important to see the heart and why God looks at the heart. Don't you read the word and you see how he made uh, Daniel, not Daniel, excuse me. He made David king. David was not the tallest and strongest and the most well-versed. David was a little old, dirty um, sheep herder. And let's call it what it is because you, when you, I don't know if you've ever studied about being a sheep herder, but it did, I, I thought it was kind of romantic and kind of like cute and I can't say cute, but I mean, I'm going to call it cute because I used to think it was kind of like this romantic thing. Whoa, to be a sheep herder, to be a shepherd, because the Bible talks about it. No, it's a filthy, dirty job. You laying with the sheep. Okay. You're laying with the sheep. They're laying on the ground with the sheep in the nasty pasture, in the dirty sheep. In the, can I say dirty again? I don't like dirty things. I don't have a pet or an animal because they get dirty. They're wonderful and sweet and glorious. And, and they really are sweet animals, dogs and cats. But they're dirty because they don't understand that when they roll in their yeah, excrement, it is filthy. Okay? Sheep herders. They, they smelled. I can't speak about today, but I know the ones in the Bible 
And I imagine the ones today too. I don't know any sheep herders, so please forgive me if you're a sheep herder and I don't mean to offend you. But I know back in the day, in the word of God, at that time, in Bible times, the sheep herders, they were, they loved the sheep, they took care of the sheep. And it is a beautiful profession. But my point is, David's brothers were not out tending the sheep. David's brothers were educated and powerful and fighting in the army of Saul. And these were the ones that made sense that would have been king. But God said, I don't look on the outward man. That's what he said. I look on the inward man. And he chose David. So if he chose David, he, when he looks at us, he doesn't care about the color of our skin and what we look like and how we dress. So I was wrong about what the word of God said when I said unequally yoked was about not being in an interracial relationship. The word of God says unequally yoked, meaning don't be in a relationship that is unequal spiritually. Don't marry someone that you know is not in the same place that you are or even further than you spiritually. Because that, my friend, is a recipe for disaster. Maybe you already did it. Hey, I'm not here to tell you that, boy, you shouldn't have done it. You already know, but God is bigger than that. What I'm saying is God is telling us, don't just go choosing those things. If you didn't know, you didn't know. If you thought it wouldn't work, it wouldn't happen, you didn't, you thought it wouldn't happen. But the point is he said it, he taught it in his word. And I was wrong about what I said it was. That's my real point here. So as we go to the word in chapter three, it says blessed or in verse three, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Those poor, the poor in spirit are those who are hungry for more. They understand they need more. They need more. They need more. They're always looking for more. They're always looking for more from Jesus. That's what I'm saying. They're hungry for more. They're meek and humble. They don't think that they're some, you know, don't you know who I am? My name is you know, whoever, whoever, and I'm the best person there is. No, that's not what they're doing. They understand. I am nothing but dust. Didn't Abraham say, I who am dust and ash, dust, dust, that's what I am. And I'm coming before the Lord and I know I am nothing. I'm going to tell you right now, we were made from dust and we have the privilege of talking to the almighty God who are we that we might come before God? But he loved us enough that we could come to the throne room and we can come before him, make our requests known, speak to him, have relationship with him. You see, that's how mighty, we, mighty the God is that we serve. But we do need to understand who we are and who made us holy, Jesus. Whose blood covered us that we might be called holy and righteous, Jesus. Without him, I am nothing but filthy rags. That's what the word says. Nothing but filthy rags. I have no rights, no dominion, no nothing without Jesus Christ. But with Jesus Christ, I can stand up and say, no, because Jesus said it, I can say it. Because Jesus said it, I can say it. I learned something. Excuse me here. I learned a principle. Excuse me, I'm really thirsty here. I learned a principle, and this is a principle This helped me really understand what the word of God was saying. When we take on Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and we have what he has. The Bible says that 
we've been, we're, we're made heirs to his throne. We're made heirs uh, uh, to him. And that means there's a, see, in, in, in American culture, if you're from America, and maybe some other cultures as well around the world, we don't quite understand what that means. But in the East, in the, the culture where the Bible was written, what that means is when a man or a woman says, I, you have my, my name, my name is, I will vouch for you. That means that that person has literally everything that they have, everything that they have accomplished, everything that they will accomplish in the future, that person's name will go with them for the rest of their life. So if that person that says, you have my word, you have my name, that if that person is rich, you are rich. Not, well, if I just ask him. No, you have everything he has. Everything he has. And that's what God said. That's what God said. We have everything that he has. We have it. We have it. I don't have to ask for it. Once I gave Jesus my heart and he came and I invited him to live in me, I have everything that he has. Do you hear what I'm saying? everything. I have his authority. That's why I can cast out demons. You too, because you have his authority. But if you don't have the word, if you don't have the Lord in your heart, you don't have that. You don't have that. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Didn't he say that those that are the greatest will be the least in the kingdom and those that are the least in the kingdom will be the greatest? When Jesus came, he said he was a servant. I've heard that term servant heart many, many times, a servant. We must be a servant. We must serve Jesus Christ and serve our brothers and sisters in Christ. We are here to serve them. We're not here to show them how mighty and how powerful and how awesome we are. That's not what this is about. This is not about that. They don't need to see that. They already can find that. They can just look around the world and they can see all the powerful people and there's plenty of kings and queens and there's lots of governors and, and presidents and, and, and mayors. and those pe- we, we already know about those people. You don't have to be saved to know that there are people who are more powerful than you. If they have money, they've got more say-so than you. You don't need to, uh, to, for me to tell you about that. But what you do need to know is that in the kingdom, which is where it matters... The least will be greatest and the greatest will be least. So when you come before the Lord saying, remember in the word how, ah, gosh, I'm not going to go there. But when you come to the Lord understanding, I have nothing without him, nothing without you, Lord Jesus, absolutely nothing. I understand. I am literally dirt. Do you know dirt? We walk on dirt. We walk on dirt. We don't even want dirt in our house. In my home, we don't wear shoes because I hate dirt to the point that I don't want it in my house on my floor. I really hate dirt. I mean, I know, haha, but my point is, I'm not the only person. We all don't want dirt. We clean our houses so dirt can get out. Dirt is filthy. Dirt is the bottom. Dogs walk on dirt. We are made from dirt. 
but because of Jesus Christ, because God saw fit that we might, that he would love us. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for us. Jesus took that on. He loved us so much. While we were literally yet cursing him and spitting at him and beating him as he died, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. While he stayed on that cross, while he yet died on the cross, while we literally killed him on the cross, he knew that he was going to be forgiving our sins. He knew it, that his blood would wash away every sin you've ever committed. All you've got to do is repent. How beautiful is that? The Bible says in Lamentations that his mercies renew every morning. How wonderful is that, that you know that every morning, all you've got to do is ask. How wonderful is it to know that God is wonderful and God loves us? So we're on part two. If you followed along and you were listening to part one or you were watching part one, um, this is going to be on the podcast. Every Sunday I share on the podcast as well as Online, So you'll be able to watch the video and, of course, listen to it. So um, if you were listening to part one of today's Sunday morning meeting, then you will see that we were talking about the Lord Jesus and how much he loved us and how much he loved us so much that while even he was dying on the cross, while we were literally spitting at him, we, we hit him, we, 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 we smote him, we whipped out his beard, we did all of these horrible things to him, he loved us so much that he would still shed his blood that our sins would be washed away. All we have to do is repent. That's all we have to do. That's it. So simple. Our mercies, it says his mercies, renew every morning. He loves us. Every morning, his mercies renew. And even more than every morning, every moment, all you've got to do is ask him. That's it. And he will forgive you. He's faithful. Whatever he says in his word. But we have a mighty, mighty, mighty God. As I read his word, I learn who he is. And I never quite understood just how amazing the Lord God was until I began to read his word. And maybe you've been like this. Maybe you're like this now. Sometimes I used to, I, I, sometimes I would forget just how powerful he is. Maybe you've forgotten how powerful he is. Maybe you're looking at your situation and you're saying, I can't figure this thing out. Maybe that's what you're saying. But you see, if God said, there is, is nothing, is anything too hard for God? Then really, is anything too hard for him? We have his word. We have him. Oh my, my, my. When you have the Lord God fighting on your side, nobody can take over. I've seen God fight my battles. Boy, sometimes, I mean, I felt sorry for the other people because when you realize that they have no idea when they come up against a child of God, what God will do. They don't understand. They don't even understand. You feel sorry for them. Why do you say you think God said pray for your enemies? I believe that's one of the reasons that he said it because you know the truth. You know what the truth is. You know what will happen to them if they come up against the children of God. You know what will happen. If you read your word, you see it. The children of Israel, just go through the Bible and see what happens every time God defends his people. Just see what happens. Even at the same time that he has been 
chastising his people, teaching his people, even at the same time, he will defend his people. So you know, so he tells us to pray for our enemies. Pray for them. Ask the Lord to give them mercy because they don't understand. If they really understood, if they really knew who God was, and if they knew who you were in the Lord, they wouldn't come against you. They wouldn't. In fact, they wouldn't. They, they, if they loved the Lord, they wouldn't come against you. I mean, let's, let's, the word tells us this. In chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, it says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Now, my prayer has been, Lord God, give me a love for what you love and a hatred for what you hate. Because the truth is, I have loved many, many things in my flesh. We all have. And I don't want to love those things. I don't want to enjoy wickedness. You know, you're watching nasty movies and things where, and it doesn't even have to be in an R-rated movie or some X-rated movie. It's a movie where they're cussing and they're using the Lord's name in vain. And they're giving, you know, coarse joking and there's sexual uh, immorality. Let's be truthful. The Bible calls that wicked. The Bible calls that evil. You're watching that and you say that you love the Lord? Look, I've watched it too in the past until the Lord began to show me and teach me. And then I realized, what am I doing here? And I began to, I stopped. I stopped. But I used to enjoy those things. Okay? And that was my flesh. So you understand what I'm talking about here. I don't have to give you a whole list because you've got flesh just like I have flesh. And there are things that we have enjoyed that we should not enjoy. Anything in the flesh we shouldn't enjoy, the Bible says so. Because our flesh is going to take us away from the Lord. The flesh will always take you away. If the Bible says that your flesh and the spirit are always at an enmity with each other, that means they're always fighting against each other. Why do you think, just, just think about it. Why do you think it's so hard? Why do you think God gave us his word? I shouldn't say it's so hard because if we will just surrender over to Jesus, it really will be easy because he'll take the burden on if we'll give it to him. But for some reason, many people, many of us, that's the reason we have to hear that message over and over and over because that's the place where many, where we all fall short, surrendering everything over to him instead of taking something back up. We're supposed to take up the cross, not that burden. We're supposed to give that burden over to him. Give our life to him. He says that those that will lay down their life will live. Those that live will lose their life. So if you want to live in eternity, you've got to lay your own desires down. You've got to lay your life down. The word says it. That's what it says in the Bible. I'm not saying it. I'm not telling you Michelle's version of the, of the Bible. I'm telling you what the word of God says. Jesus says that if you are his disciple, you will follow him. He says, if you want to be his disciple, you must follow him. He says, if you aren't following him, you are not his disciple. He said it very clearly, very plainly, three different ways. You got it. Be his disciple to be his disciple. You must follow him. Okay. We said it one way. Follow him if you want to be his disciple. He said it another way. If you don't follow him, you're not his disciple. He said it another way. It, I'm going to tell you, I'm saying this very clearly and very plainly because I didn't get that before. I didn't quite understand what it meant to be a disciple. 
I didn't understand that it meant that I had to follow after Jesus and I had to lay down my life and take up my cross. I really didn't understand that. I don't know why I didn't understand it. And maybe you didn't understand that. I don't know why we don't at times, but now you're getting the clear word of God. There's no question, no reason for you not to understand it. It's clear and concise and straight to the point. If you call yourself a Christian, if you want to be a disciple, if you want to live the Christian life, you must lay down your life, all your desires, and you must take up your cross. That's what you must do. That's the only way to live the Christian life. You can't live it any other way. If you don't live that way, you are not a Christian. That's what Jesus said. Jesus said it. When we look at the word of God, it will teach us. You see, the Bible says that the word of God is like a mirror to us. So as we're looking around, we look at this word of God, we'll see what's in our own heart. We'll see what God says about our life. And that can be a bit scary for some of us. You know, I know that when I read the word of God, I shouldn't say it's scary because the truth is, if you're walking in the Lord, then it's going to be refreshing. And here's why because it will show you where you need to change. And that is a beautiful thing because now you know and now you can do it. That's it. I learned a long time ago, somebody used to teach this thing called the Dindin principle. Dindin, D-I-N, D-I-N, do it now. That's what she taught, that's what she would say, do it now. And I learned that that is a beautiful principle because instead of saying, I'm going to wait until I have some time to, you know, change my heart or I'm going to get myself cleaned up. No, just go to the Lord right now. Let him clean you up. You can't clean yourself up. I can't clean myself up. I didn't shed blood for you. I didn't shed my, my blood's not holy. Jesus's blood is holy. He shed his blood so that I might be forgiven of all of my sins. He shed his blood for you. He died for you. He was beaten for you until he was unrecognizable as a human being, the Bible says. Can you imagine what that was? How that looked? It said he was unrecognizable as a human being. That's pretty brutal. And Jesus loved us that much. He loved you that much that he would go through that so that your sins would be forgiven so that we would not have to walk around living a life in defeat, and more importantly, that our names would be written in heaven. All the things on this earth mean nothing if your name's not written in heaven. In the Bible, I believe it's John. Let me see here, I wasn't gonna go here, but let me see here if I can find this. When Jesus sent the 70, the 70 disciples out to go and to cast out demons, heal the sick. They came back rejoicing. And they came back rejoicing saying, wow, Jesus, even the devils were subject to us with your name. Even the devils, we cast out demons. We did all these things. And he said, no, 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 you missed the mark. You missed the point. He said, don't rejoice that that's the case. Rejoice that your name is written in heaven. Rejoice that your name is written in heaven. See, Jesus didn't want us to miss the point and think that all of our works were going to be the things that were going to make a difference for us. Our works mean nothing 
unless they are just carrying out our faith. Because I used to say, I used to not understand that, okay? I used to not understand that. I think I'm not going to go there here. I'm, Yeah, I wasn't going to go there, but I'm just the Lord is telling me to share it with you. And you can go and you can find that where Jesus sends off the 70 disciples. But Paul talked about his works. And he said, show me your faith and I'll show, me my, show you my works. And he didn't mean that my works are what's going to get me to heaven. What he was saying was that he walked out his faith. That's what he was saying. So when you walk out your faith, that's what matters. You're walking out your faith, understanding what the word of God says. You live according to the word. Your faith says, I believe this word of God. I believe Jesus died for me. I believe Jesus is victorious in my life. I believe what Jesus says. I believe that he said he is who he, that he is who he said he is. I believe in the birth, in the Bible, it says, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled. Blessed are they. It means that I'm going to be blessed because I'm hungering and thirsting after righteous things. I'm not hungering and thirsting after wicked things. If blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled, then what will happen if you're hungering and thirsting after non-righteous things? Okay, think about that. What will happen? Things will fall apart. Let me just tell you that. Maybe you've experienced it. I know I have. Things will fall apart because the Bible says, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. So when you're coming before the Lord and you're saying, oh my goodness, Lord, I, I, I need you. I want more of you. I want to understand your word. I want to spend more time with you. God says, blessed are they. Blessed are you because he's going to fill that desire. He's going to fill that desire. A long time ago, I used to talk with an old friend of mine, and I would say, oh, I'm afraid that I'm going to lose, that I could lose the Holy Spirit. And I would say, I just don't want the Holy Spirit to leave me, because he can leave you. He left Saul, right? He left Samson. He left, he can leave. And I would just say, I don't want to lose him. And she'd say, are you seeking him? Are you seeking the Lord? Yes, she'd say, the very fact that you don't want to lose him, the very fact that you go to seek after him is why you won't lose him, because it's your heart. He's looking for a woman and a man that are after his own heart. He called David a man after his own heart. David did some wicked things. And I can tell you, if you compare yourself to David, you probably come out, you might think you come out a little bit higher, you know, in the ranking of things, but God called him a man after his own heart. And the truth be told, if you hunger and desire and thirst after righteousness, you will be filled. Simple as that. All you've got to do is seek the Lord. Lord God, ask him. That's my prayer. Ask him. 
Lord, give me a desire. Give me a love for what you love and a hate for what you hate. Eventually what's going to happen is you're going to stop desiring watching those filthy TV shows or those things, you know, that where the comedy is. There may not be sex on the show, okay? There may not be that, but they're cussing or they're making lewd and crude jokes. That is filthy. God called that filthy, okay? He called that filthy. He called that wicked. So you're going to, at a certain point, when you begin asking God, God, I want to love what you love and hate what you hate, you're going to start hating those things. Those things make me sick to my stomach now, but before they didn't, those things now make me feel sick to my stomach. If they're on in the spirit, I know if I'm walking somewhere and it's on. I know when something is on, like if I walk by, I don't know, someone and they're watching some movie or something in my spirit, I can feel it. But I asked God to show me that. I asked him for that because there was a time when everything I watched was filthy and gross and disgusting. And gross isn't the right word because that's not, that's not the good word to describe it, but, but filthy, unholy, unholy. And maybe I'm stepping on your toes. Good, good. Because if you want to serve God, you're going to have to let go of all of those things. I had to let go of it too. And there's much more that the God is, God is asking me to let go of. And he will continually ask you to let go. A few weeks ago, I preached about how God will prune the branches. We are the branches. Jesus is the vine. And he's constantly pruning our branches. So he's going to take one off. He doesn't just rip everything out all at once because we may not be able to handle that. And he knows us because he created us. So he knows you and he knows what you can handle right now. And you can handle a whole lot more with Jesus than you think you can. Because the truth is, you don't have to be the one who can bear it. You know, there's an old thing that everybody says, um, I won't even bother saying it. God will give you what he will do, he will walk you through. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they didn't get saved from the fiery furnace. They were thrown in it. But who went in with them? Jesus. And there was not even the smell of smoke on their garments. If you will read the word of God and follow after him, you will not even have the smell of smoke on your garments. Let's close. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for each and every one here today. And I ask you, Lord God, to give them a desire for your word, Lord God, and give them a desire for what you love. Give them a love for what you love and a hate for what you hate, Lord God. Give each one of them, Lord God, a heart that is hungry and thirsty for things of righteousness, Lord God. Give them a desire for more of you, more of you, more of you, Lord God. Fill each one with your Holy Spirit afresh, Lord God. We choose to give you all the honor and glory. Lord God, give them a desire to open their eyes and look for what you have to say in the word, to look for your work in their lives, to look for where you want them to change. Give them a desire to be like you, Lord Jesus. We give you all the glory. We promise to give you all the glory, all the honor and the praise in Jesus' name. Now, friends, maybe you've been here today and you're listening, God is faithful. And I wanna give you an opportunity here today to allow Jesus to come into your own heart because maybe you've been living a life and you're listening here and you just somehow stumbled upon this and you're saying, I never thought about some of these things. I never thought about these things that God would bless me if I wanted to live a life of righteousness or all I had to do was ask him. 
But friends, he will do that for you if you ask him. If maybe you're saying, I, I, I've been saying that I want to get myself cleaned up before I come to Jesus. But now you realize you can't clean yourself up. You can't make yourself clean enough to come before Jesus. Only Jesus can clean you up. He will take you right now the way you are, filthy rags. Because without him, that's what we are, filthy rags. Without Jesus, I am nothing but filthy rags. You are too. But with him, oh, you are royal. You are royalty. If you will live a life that serves the Lord, a life that's pleasing to him, he will give you everything he has. He will give you everything he has. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The Lord God has everything. You are his heir, an heir to his throne. Joint heirs. Think about that. Think about that. If you were the daughter of a king or the son of a king, what would that mean? When you walk out the door, everybody would know who you were, who you were. You would have power and authority. You would have power and authority because you are the daughter or the son of a king. When you walk out the door, they say, oh, oh here comes, here comes King, King Abdullah's son. Here comes King Abdullah's daughter. Don't do anything to her because King Abdullah is backing her. If you, they hurt you, they knew that you, King Abdullah would come after you. If something happened to you, King Abdullah would come after them. You have everything. All you had to do was say, I want this. And they know that King Abdullah's money will back you. Well, friends, you know, I just made up that name, King Abdullah. But there's a Jesus, a Jesus Christ, who is greater and mightier than any king on this earth will ever and has ever been. And everything he has, which is everything you will have if you will just live your life for him. You know all the fire and brimstone. You know all the stuff about going to hell. And I'm not saying that I don't want to teach you about that if you don't know. But what I want you to hear today is what God will do in your life. He cleaned me up when I was so filthy and living a life that was taking me straight to hell. But what he did was he gave me hope. And that, my friend, is what I want for you here today. Hope. I want to give you hope. Hope that you will have an eternity with Jesus. If you will take that time right now to just give your life to Jesus Christ, you'll have hope, and that's everything. You'll have hope for an eternity that you will be with Jesus Christ one day, in eternity, now, and forever. So I'm going to stand with you, and I want you to pray this with me. If that's you, if that's you, I want you to pray this with me here today, because Jesus has a plan for you, and he has a plan that he wants to carry out in your life. And he has a plan that he has that will give you victory in your life. And you won't live this life any longer where you're wondering, how am I going to eat today? When is this ever going to end? I'm tired of feeling like this. I don't want this anxiety in my life anymore. Jesus will take it all. So if that's you today, or maybe you've been serving the Lord and you turned away, and maybe you said, you know, I'm just not really, this thing is just not what I, you know, thought it was going to be. Or maybe you've been tired and you kind of started inching away from the Lord. Well, friends, you can ask the Lord to come and renew your relationship with him today. That's all you've got to do is ask him. 
All you've got to do is ask him. Maybe you're saying, you know, I had all these things when I first got saved, all this, this grace and this mercy, but now I don't know what happened to it. I don't know where it went. I don't feel Jesus anymore. My life has turned into a mess. Maybe that's what you've been saying. But see, the Lord Jesus has victory in store for you, every single one of us. You just don't even realize what he's saying about your life. But I'm here to tell you right now today that all you need to do is ask him, and he will take over, and he will change everything now. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. If you want this for your life, I want you to repeat after me and pray this with me. Believe it in your heart and say it with your mouth. Dear Jesus, I want something different. I learned that I can't do this without you. I can't clean my own life up. You died on the cross for me, and I thank you for that. And I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins because my sins are filthy. But I ask you to cleanse me with your blood and wash away all of my ugly and filthy sins so that I might be new before you, that I am now a child of York of the King, a child of the Most High God, because I ask you today, right now, to come and live in my heart. I choose today to lay down my life and all of the old things, and I choose today to live the rest of my life for you. I want to serve you. Jesus, will you fill me today with your Holy Spirit that I might be filled and I might walk in fullness with you. Today, I turn my life over to you and I promise today and forevermore to serve you in Jesus' name. Friend, if you prayed that prayer with me today, you are a new creature in Jesus Christ. I want to thank you so much for joining me here today. Joining me here on the podcast, some of you, maybe you saw me hold my cell phone, we've got the podcast recording as well, or if you're watching me on Facebook, if you're watching me on YouTube, wherever you're watching or listening, thank you so much for joining me. May God be with you, and I'm going to pray for you. Heavenly Father, go with each one here as they leave here today. Father God, lead them and guide them. Order their steps as your word says that you will, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, my friends. I love you. And remember, every Sunday, I'll be sharing the Sunday morning meeting with you on the podcast, as well as on YouTube. You can go to my Facebook to find the video as well. You can also find the podcast every single day on anchor.fm, and it is where we're reading the Word of God. So thank you so much for following along. Thank you for listening. I know the word of God is a blessing. It blessed you because it is always a blessing. I love you until the next time.